Welcome to episode 3 of the Process Breakdown Podcast. In today's interview, you will discover how an entrepreneur whose business converts your old-fashioned home videotapes into modern DVDs and digital format was able to systematize his entire business and now literally only works 15 minutes a week, travels the world, and yet generates $200,000 a year in profit. Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you tired of being a bottleneck in your business? You want to make sure that you get everything out of your head and document it so that your employees know how exactly you get tasks done? Sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. Also, if you're already documenting procedures for your business, but you're not satisfied with the tools that you are using because they're too complex and your employees don't really know how to use them, it's a much easier way to systematize your entire business. Sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. Now, let's get started with the interview. Hi, everyone. My name is Owen Nagabinao, and welcome to Process Breakdown, where I get on successful entrepreneurs who come on here and tell you exactly you know, how they build systems in their businesses that allow them to be able to run their businesses literally on autopilot without as much involvement from their part. And my guest today is Phil Thomas from GutMemories.com. Phil, welcome. Thank you for having me. And I'm very excited because during our pre-interview, you mentioned how you literally work 15 minutes a week, and yet you generate over $200,000 in profit per year. Not even the runway, but actual profit. So that is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that happens overnight, um, but uh, it, yeah, it is the truth. Um, and um, you know, I'm. Uh, here I am living proof. So, awesome. uh, and so, look, the, the the listener right now, I'm sure they're curious and like, okay, what is your what is your company all about, and you know, what's the big pain that you solve for your customers? Uh, well, GotMemories.com is a company that converts uh, videotapes, film, and um, all of the old media formats that uh, everyone used to shoot and all their home movies back from as early as the 1920s um, up to like the 1990s with camcorder tapes and such. So we put them in a digital form uh, so people can access them, watch them online, uh, put them on DVD, they can edit them, share them with friends and family around the world. Awesome. So basically, you know, as you know, they keep on bringing this new technology and we have the old technology of how you're you know, capturing memories. What your company does is basically takes all that, you know, old school cameras and all that and brings yeah. it into the, the, the new tech age, the digital format, I guess. Yes, correct. That is very awesome. And, and also, um, just so people can understand kind of like the scope of, you know, employees that you have, you know, how many employees do you have? I'm just curious. Um, I have four full-time employees that are on location in Tempe, Arizona, which is uh, part of Phoenix. And I also have two contractors um, uh, that uh, work in England, uh, where I'm at right now. And uh, so I work, um, you know, between those two uh, places. Awesome. And so you mentioned that you made about 200k in profit last year. I'm just curious so that the listeners know that this is not something that just happened overnight. You're actually doing this year on a yearly basis. What was kind of like the turnover for the, the last couple of years, if you can, you know, give so we can understand? Uh, what you're doing there? Uh, the turnover from the last couple of years. Um, yeah, last year was uh, um, two hundred thousand. The year before was um, about one hundred fifty thousand. 
Um, and the business has been going for 10 years. So it was started to make money on its own without my full-time involvement after about five years. Awesome. And the reason I'm asking that, just in case the listeners are wondering, is I want the listeners to understand that I actually bring on proven entrepreneurs on here who will have employees who have businesses that are actually making money and we want to learn from them and that's why I ask these questions ahead of time. And so let's jump back, let's go back a little bit. What was, what would you say is kind of the lowest point in your business uh, uh, back in the day and describe how bad did it get? Are you talking about uh, emotionally or, uh, or well, mechanically? Let's, let's go both ways then. Let's talk about emotions yeah. and also the mechanics behind it as well because I want people yeah. to understand where you were before and we can take them to where you are now based on the systems you have. I just want them to have a peek yeah. into what it was before. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, probably the lowest point um, emotionally, um, you know, is probably about five years ago. Um, one of the things that, you know, was kind of linked together. Um, so mechanically, uh, you know, we had... Um, a, equipment uh, that was breaking down a lot. It was very cumbersome. It, we had, um, you know, quality issues here and there, uh, retention of staff, and that was then directly relinked to the emotional um, low point as well because you're kind of at a point where you go, well, what do I do? Do I pack it in? Do I just go get a day job and clock in and clock out? Mm -hmm. Or am I at a, a point here where most people um, give up and you know see that roadblock and just do actually give it all up and get a clock in clock out job? Yeah. And I think so. Those points um, in the business is where you go. Aha! You know this is where most people give up. If I get over this and figure out what's going on and figure out the best way to overcome it and improve, um, then you know. You're in kind of like a whole new group of people um, that start to realize, you know, understand business and, and understand these these ups and downs. So the low point was equipment, um, and the only option was spending quite a bit of money um, in buying the right equipment, finding the right equipment, um, so you could automate processes and retain staff and um, reduce the amount of time it takes to do what you're doing, so therefore lower your prices as well and bring in more customers with the lower prices. I'm just curious, just so that uh, we can, uh, the listeners can kind of get like a concrete example, you mentioned that one of the issues was, you know, uh, terror, you, you didn't have as much reliability from the uh, employee side and it was a pain to train them. Can you just you know, share a story with us as to, that can give more, you know, highlight that point a little bit more if it comes to mind? Yeah. Uh, well, um, in our industry, uh, for instance, uh, film transfers, um, there isn't too much equipment out there to do it, um, you know, in a very uh, speedy way. Um, equipment is expensive, so you've got to kind of rely on more antiquated methods um, and equipment that breaks down. You've got a projector, and you, you know, this is typically how it is done in the industry, and you're filming it off of a wall, and um, you know, it's quality issues, and there's so many things that can go wrong in that whole antiquated process. And, um, you know, I basically, um, you know, I just thought this is no good and we have to spend the money and do it right and research the different types of equipment out there, the processes and, um, you know, it's just such a more fun, pleasurable um, experience now transferring film is one particular area I'm talking about. 
you know, uh, and, uh, you know, and we can also, and this leads into other areas, we document our processes now with video to the customers so they can actually see how we're doing it and we're doing it right and um, giving them an educational experience as well. So on the employee side, I'm just curious. So you uh, you've mentioned the, the equipment side where you had issues with the equipment, but on the employee side, is there, was there any kind of thing that you can remember back in the day of how it wasn't as reliable, of you know, in terms of results that you were getting? Uh, if you can share a story with us to make that point concrete as well. Um. So where I had unreliable staff that, yeah. in terms of the processes, mm -hmm. in terms of, um. You know, uh, there was, uh, you know, in terms of uh, relating to equipment and the processes and stuff, um, before we upgraded, yeah, I mean, there was, e there was a lot of ways to make mistakes. Um, and you really had to watch the staff to make sure they were doing it correctly. Um, corners could easily be cut. Um, training time, there were so many pieces to the puzzle. And... Um, you know, to try and get somebody to do it correctly and right, you literally have like a 15-step process as opposed to afterwards you have like a three-step process. So it, you know, was a lot more clearer once we upgraded and, and did everything the correct way or, you know, upgraded equipment and the processes, you know, it's just less to train, it's less for them to think about, less chances for them to make a mistake. And if they're making a mistake, they get deflated you know, and oh, I'm no good at this, and this is too hard, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got something that's easy and fun, and they go, yay, I'm good at this, and and they are, um, because the equipment is, is kind of, you know, 85% of, of doing the work that they used to do, so, yeah, it's it, all about morale, and um, and if, and then, you know, if it's more fun, they're going to stay, um, and they're going to grow with the company, and they're not going to give up, um, and that is, you know, that's huge. So you said in 2007, you actually end up, you know, taking the plunge and buying the equipment, and that made it easier for uh, for for the actual work, the results to be more reliable. And then on, on top of that, you also decided that you know you wanted to improve the quality of training so that you you can basically re uh, increase the retention of the employees and maybe when they when you hire them, make it quicker for them to uh, get started. So I want to just jump into specifics behind, uh, you know, what kind of business systems you have in place. Now, because in 2000, 2007 you made that change, so let's jump into some of those, uh, 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 you know, systems you have in place in your business. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, other systems. Uh, in two thousand seven, you know, we had, um, you know, so many different pieces to the puzzle. We had um, invoicing program that was based on one computer, um, and you know, they stopped supporting it. Um, that we had a website that was all over the place, um, and the sales process was just all over the place. And um, so, I really one thing I got, you know, there was a point where I just got so sick of repeating myself to customers and to staff as well. Yeah. And it very quickly started to move into how do I use things that have been generated, you know, like uh, web apps and and um, and uh, you know blogs where people have already done it before and they've got it documented mm -hmm. uh, and you start to basically realize that it's all been said and done before why reinvent the wheel um, so 
I started to use things like FreshBooks.com mm-hmm. for invoicing, for estimates, and it was easy. It was clean. It was it was so great for the customer to see. It was professional. But on the other end, the staff enjoyed using it, um, and that was a, a big moment as well. Um, and started to use YouTube um, for my staff to understand like the most frequently asked questions. So mm-hmm. I got so sick of repeating myself to customers that I started to make videos just so I didn't have to repeat myself every single day, a hundred times a day with the same questions. And um, so when the staff would get asked these questions, they would divert customers to the FAQ page and they go, oh yeah, number three, and they'd watch a video on me talking about it. And then the and the staff used to learn from watching these videos and so were the customers as well. So it was kind of like a, a two-way thing. And also the staff were, you know, they had uh, these videos up which customers really liked. They were with me in them and I'm confident and I'm in front of the camera and everything. And um, it gave them the confidence because I was actually taking the time to make the company look professional and, and so forth. And again, they have more pride and, and uh, you know, retained them because I was putting in as much effort as they were. And, and I'm curious, because during the pre-interview, you mentioned how you uh, had a, you cre- literally created a book where you, uh, you know, had certain procedures in place and actually documented procedures. Let's jump into that a little bit. You know, how did you even get started with that? What did you even start documenting at first? You know, we want to understand, you know, how you literally broke down what you do step by step in procedures for your team. Um, well, we created a book. It was the the Got Memories Bible, <laughs> and uh, it's literally like that is the cover of it, and I've still got it sitting around. Um, and it's you know it's filed away, and it's got everything written in there. And if anyone had any questions as what to do, they went to that um, that book and looked it up. And it also clarified for me as well when I was writing it out. And wow. I'd write it out, and I would say, "Wait a minute, that's that's full step process right there." And that when I read it out, that doesn't seem right. That could be two steps. So as I was writing it out for the staff, I was actually. Um, you know, inspiring myself to simplify even more. Um, and so that was pretty much how that started. I also brought in a consultant, um, okay. and, 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 <laughs> and the consultant was confusing matters even more and wanting to add more steps. So, I got, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and that's a whole nother blog right there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, we've got it, we've got it around and now, with companies like SweetProcess.com, everything you know, you, you basically want to take that and have it in the cloud, and and uh, you know, and uh, you know, have it accessible anywhere, anytime, any location. So, um, thanks for the plug. But I'll yeah. also, also talk about something where because a lot of people will look at you know documenting procedures. There's certain you know, friction that will come into their mind, or or, or things that won't want to make them do it. And I'm trying to figure out from a mindset standpoint, how did you get past that mindset and actually say, okay, this act of me documenting my procedure step by step is actually an investment as opposed to taking my time. What tricks did you use to get past that mindset and actually do it? Okay, so, I mean, myself, I'm a firm believer in, in you know, um, you know, for if you to, for motion to happen, you need, some, you need emotion behind it. 
and my biggest drive, everyone always in business tries to look about more money, more this, more, 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 like, oh my God, there's a million things to think about. Mm -hmm. And around about, you know, 2007, my son was born. And um, I was, uh, my wife is a flight attendant. She travels around the world on private jets and she's gone for sometimes weeks at a time. Nice. So I wanted to spend as much time with my son as possible at home or somewhere else other than the office. Even though I used to take him to the office in a baby Bjorn. And, um, you know, and so I was very lucky to have that. But with the, as he got older, the crying and, you know, having him in the background and, disrupting staff and, and so forth, I was like, how do I remove myself completely from this business so I can, I don't have to put him in daycare. Mm -hmm. uh, and that honestly was my biggest motivator. I had to do it, otherwise I had to put him in daycare and, you know, nothing against daycare, it's just something that I didn't want, you know, yeah. for, for a very young baby. Um, so really that was my biggest motivation was, was him. And, um, so, <laughs> you so know, I, that, I, I think we got now, we got the biggest motivation so that you, you beat the mindset by having a big why behind it. But now there's the actual mechanics of doing it. So you got the big why. The, the mechanics of doing it now, I'm just trying to see, you know, what challenges you have with the mechanics of actually literally documenting your procedures and how you overcame them. I literally sat down and went through every single step of the business. From first when a, you know, a, a couple of different areas. So when a customer first comes to the website and they place an order, what are they doing? Um, and they go from A, B, C. And I basically drew it out to about six steps. And how do I n automate everything using autoresponders, forwarding web pages with videos mm -hmm. where they're not calling up, taking up, uh, you know, staff time, wasting their time as well. And uh, not having to, you know, make any phone calls or anything. So I literally went through every single step and and documented everything. Um, but also in that process, I came up with a solution um, to that uh, step as well, like uh, kind of like a subset by making a video and making a web page to explain it to customers and then also to staff as well. Um, and then um, you know put it all together in a book and also uh, took action and uh, documented it on the website as well in terms of helping customers, you know, get to where they want to go without having to pick up the phone or send an email, therefore making it easier for them to give us money. Awesome. I, I like that. And I like the way you've broken it out, you know, how you did it. But one of the things I also like to do is, you know, give you know, listeners a, a kind of a, 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 you know, an example that makes it even more concrete. So let's, let's jump into the business and say, okay, what was the first thing you started with? What was the first uh, task that happened on a recurring basis that you felt you had to start documenting and why? And maybe kind of walk us through how you did it. That way the listener can use that as, an, as a starting point in their own business. Do, do you understand the question? Um, so basically, um, you know, let's talk about how when a process of when um, uh, an order comes through um, our front door. Okay. Uh, um, and let's say, you know, and one thing with us is every single piece of media that we have, these are people's home movies, and they're very precious, and, you know, you, 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 know, you cannot misplace anything. All the videotapes look the same, look alike, um, and uh, you, you want to keep everything so the customer sends in 50 videotapes and they're going to get 50 videotapes back and they're all theirs and so forth and they're done right. So when it comes to a particular process is when we, we get a package in, mm 
mm-hmm. and we open up the box, what do we do? Um, and, you know, using um, uh, like FreshBooks and, um, you know, other different programs, um, we've basically set out, um, you know, a system where you, you know, we're using uh, Ziploc bags, uh, you know, certain size Ziploc bags, certain size IKEA boxes to put everything in. Um, we're using um, uh, stickers on every single tape, which are the invoice numbers. Um, you know, they're, they're all sealed up and, you know, uh, put into these boxes and zipped up and then put on a particular shelf. And then they're given, you know, uh, an order that they go in on the shelf. And mm-hmm. IKEA was a big help with that, with automating our processes just through furniture um, and all the different knickknacks that we use to basically make a, you know, a conveyor belt, so to speak, of, of everything. So, um, you know, checking in jobs um, has been completely documented on one you know, literally about six steps, um, and you know everything's written down on tables, um, and people. And this has all been a lot of it's been implemented by the staff. So you know, I, I give them a lot of freedom, a lot of leeway, and we work together to come up with these systems. So it's their idea, and they know it. They've created it, um, and um, I've got great, great staff, and um, they're very organised, and. Uh, you know, that's one of our biggest points is staying organized and we know where everything is at any given time within the within our building. And I like that. And the reason why I, made, I, made, uh, I wanted you to give an example is that, you know, the, the goal is to for the listeners to say, okay, this is my business and, you, you know, your, your business is definitely different from theirs because you actually literally have to receive physical goods from people in terms of tapes and right. all that. And you literally have to create a system that goes in from when you get the tape, what do you do, you know, to, to get all the way to an end point where they now have the digital copy. So the listener listening to this has to say, okay, for my own business, depending on what I'm doing, I have to look at it from like a journey from, you know, when the customer comes in, how do we get them, what are the different steps in place, and you just kind of broke down your intake process. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same as the listener, but I just wanted you to say that so that they understand the, the reasoning behind how you broke, you know, created procedures for that very, um, task, the intake process in your business. And one thing you mentioned was how you said that you literally empower your employees to kind of help, you know, to take, you know, you've created the initial foundation of the procedures, but it, you have empowered them to take it to the next level. And I'm curious how, and how does that even benefit you? Um, you know, um, my motto is, you know, the less fingerprints on everything, the better, the less time, you know, and usually the most... Uh, you know how how can we make the job more fun yeah. and more uh, enjoyable? How do we create a better? You know the questions are how do we get the customers uh, work in and out, make them happy, um, and make the job more enjoyable for all of us, um, which usually in, involves less steps. So I've sat down with them, everything from furniture arrangement, um, you know where a desk goes and where the computers are. Um, so it just all flows, and I, I let them, I empower them to um, create their own workspaces and what works for them. Um, I've been um, an employee myself, um, which I think helps once you've got your own business because you know what it feels like on, on both sides. Um, but uh, you know, when it is their idea, there's a sense of pride there, and there's there's less friction. Um, I think a lot of you know, there's a lot of owners out there that just want to do it their way. And they're not there 40 hours a week. So, 
you know, it, it's it's uh, you know, I like to give um, the staff to take out of their brain all of the time. Half the time, they've got better ideas than I do. If there's ever questions, I just throw that question back at them. I'll go, what would you do? And I'd say half the time they come up with an answer, and I'm like, oh, that is way better idea than I ever had. And I'm curious, just so that we can have it, uh, you know, have it be more concrete in the mind of the listeners, because I'm always right. about empowering the employees to improve the procedure. Your job is to create a foundation, but we empower them to take it to the next step. Uh, is there an example you can share with us, like an aha moment that you got based on getting feedback from your employees, that, that you guys actually improved the procedures for what you guys were doing? Um, oh gosh, I mean, there's quite a few. I'm trying to think of something recent. Um, you know, uh, right now we've got a new piece of equipment um, that has been put in place by the manufacturer, and um, there's been some problems. Um, and I have literally, I used to get involved in the middle of, of going back and forth between the manufacturer. They would communicate, the staff would communicate to me, and then it would filter back to the manufacturer, the rep, and then it come back through me, and then back to them. Um, we eliminated me from the middle, um, mm -hmm. and I've been kind of on the outside just recently uh, with a big problem, and um, you know, with one of this new piece of equipment, and it hasn't really been tested that much. But my staff have actually come up with the solution themselves, beyond what the manufacturer could come up with, um, and now they're working directly with the manufacturer, and they've helped them, in, uh, you know, uh, improve a product, um, but. So that's one kind of area where I just stepped out of the way and, um, you know, and, and, and given them the respect that they've got a brain and, uh, you know, you know, have, uh, you know, a good amount of intelligence to figure out the problem themselves and improve, you know, the process there and the steps and uh, so we can all get the, you know, quality product out on time. And one of the things that a lot of people also struggle with is this giving up of control because now you just give an example of how, you know, before now when you're having a problem with, a pro uh, with an equipment, they would have to insert you into it. And now in this case, this example, you, you, took your, you literally took yourself out and they have taken over the process and are even helping to improve, you know, when you are in that, that old step that you just mentioned. But how does it feel to just literally let go? What, what kind of struggles did you have to challenge that you struggled with in terms of giving up control? Oh, uh, it's a big, it's, it's big, it's a huge, it is the biggest step that you have to do is to trust that they're going to do it. I mean, I've seen my own habits, I see other entrepreneurs' habits, I mean, it's the biggest thing that I see, they just, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself, I, I could get this done in three minutes and it's going to take them 15 and they haven't even given them a chance yet, hmm. um, and it is really hard to let go. But um, once you do, uh, it, it's kind of like your child, you know, when you've got a baby and you just don't let anyone near it and you want to feed it and you want to do everything because nobody else knows your child. And it, it's kind of like that. And once it starts to mature a little bit, you go, I'm going to go let them walk on their own. And yeah, they might bang their head, you know, and get little cuts and scrapes. But at the end of the day, they're going to, you know, you see them 10 years later and they're, you know, uh, you know, mountain biking downhill and you go, well, you know, you're not even thinking twice about it and it's 10 times more dangerous than every, anything you ever thought they'd be doing. But it's okay to let go. And what's the worst that could happen? I think it's good to start with a very small thing, um, something very simple and straightforward. Yes, it might take them a little bit of extra time. But just let them do it and just sit back and, and remind yourself that it's okay. 
um, and they're going to get, they're going to, you know, really it's about, you know, wanting, you know, what do you want from this business? Do you want to be in it every single day or do yeah. you want to go? Do you want to have a life? Um, and I see, you know, many entrepreneurs that, you know, escaped the nine to five and now they're in the six to 12, six a.m. to 12 midnight <laughs> week. And it's because they will not let go. And if they took some of the advice from their day job, you know, uh, and how they were, they had bosses and they did, they were competent in what they did. Somebody trusted them at some point to take over. Um, and it's time to let, you know, someone else, they might not be the greatest person doing that job at the time, but at least you're going to learn as you go and go, okay, well, that person might not be good for that job. Let's get someone in that can be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge step. But once you do it, uh, once, twice, you get kind of addicted to letting go. <laughs> You're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna see how it goes, and what's the worst that could happen. Um, and, and, and I'm curious too, because now we are talking about letting go and giving up control. There must have been something from your own experience that was a little bit more difficult than everything else to let go of control. And if you can shed some light on it, what was it, and how do you finally get past it to let go to your employees? I'm just curious. I think the biggest thing was was, was take, letting. Um, Letting uh, in employees handle customers' media um, and, and transfer the film. You know, I'd, I'd created my own system in my head when mm -hmm. I was transferring film to, to video and DVD, uh, you know, many years ago. Yeah. So I'd done it so long that I thought I was the only person that could do it this good. And I remember the first time I really let someone else do it, and I'm standing over them, and I'm literally like, oh, oh, and I'm being really critical. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and, and then I'd still be in the room, but I'm listening and I'm looking and, and I'm like, ah, and then I remember the first time I actually walked out of the room, you know, with them doing it. And I'm like, oh, that feels kind of good, actually. <laughs> uh, and then uh, then after a couple of days, you know, you're like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee up the road. And then you with the coffee, you know, you're at Starbucks and you're just going, Actually, I'm making money right now. You know, like it's, it's this feels kind of good. And you come back an hour later or or so, and you go, "Huh, oh, they did done okay." Um, and I've just made two hundred bucks. And you go, "Okay, can I make a thousand bucks?" You know, maybe I should. And then you go, you start to do more fun things. You know, I'm I'm gonna go out mountain biking, and they're coming in at nine o'clock, and I'm out mountain biking, and. If there's any problems these days, you've got your cell phone, you've got, they can text you, they can video chat with you. There's so many things as opposed to even five, ten years ago you couldn't do. So there's constant contact now um, and really there's no better time to let go than that. Um, so yeah, it's a really good feeling though. I mean, you've got to focus on what you want and why and and the feeling that it's going to give you, the emotion that it's going to feel when you're at your kid's soccer game and someone else is doing the work for you. And, and I'm you also know? curious too, is, uh, I like the point you just shared, and uh, the next question I have is basically, now you, you've made, you showed us how you've created uh, kind of procedures for you know, your teammates uh, to handle several different recurring tasks in your business, but then there's also the, the question that in the mind of the listener is, how do you exactly know that they're delivering the results that you want them to deliver. What ways are you verifying and you know and, and tracking that the results are coming right. out the way you want? So let's shed yeah. some light on that. Yeah, it's a great question because you can get sloppy with letting go. You can start to live in this illusion that everything's great 
and on the back end, all of a sudden you've got customer complaints are up, things aren't getting shipped on time, especially now with review sites. Yeah. A couple bad reviews on there and a couple bad experiences, and these people are really pissed off, and they're going to write a novel. And there's people that <laughs> all they do is they go down Yelp or wherever, and yeah. there's a thousand great reviews, but there's three bad reviews, and they go straight to the bad reviews. Yep. And I, yeah. I, I definitely do that when I read, uh, looking for new books. Yeah. I just go to the bad review first. Let me see what the bad is, What was the problem here, and, and, but, and also, very important, how is it rectified? Mm -hmm. uh, you have to always respond to those bad ones. But get in on points. So, you know, um, we have uh, within FreshBooks, uh, you know, there's a ticket system. Mm -hmm. Customers can log in if there's a problem, there's a ticket. Um, you know, we also have, we're on all the review sites as well. Um, and uh, you know, we also get a lot of work through eBay, so we've got the whole, you know, feedback system as well. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of judge it by the ticket system as, if there's problems. Um, and, uh, you know, I monitor, um, you know, usually. Uh, once a week, we'll, you know, I'll take a quick look, or, or my manager will take a quick look over the reviews. Um, but generally, I mean, we—it's amazing. I mean, I'll be gone for two months and come back, and it's literally like, you know, what's going on, and there's no problems whatsoever. Um, and you know, I'd be hearing about it. I have my email, my my personal cell phone number on our website. Um, and if anybody wants to speak to the owner, they have my name. I'm over the website. I'm all over the web. Videos of me with my face with my name. So if there are any major problems, you know, people, I'm very, I'm an open book. I mean, I'm very accessible. One of the things you also mentioned during the pre-interview was how, uh, because the way your team is structured, they kind of work in tandem together. And if there's a missing piece, they kind of are holding each other accountable. Can you shed some more light on that? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have a motto, uh, you know, we never want to see the same piece of media again, ever. It should be done right the first time. Um, if we have some work in and it's done incorrectly, well, you know, people on the front end are going to get the grief, um, mm -hmm. you know, the customer complaining, and then they've got to work out, you know, go in the ticket system, they've got to create a shipping label, in a call tag and to get FedEx to pick it back up again, it's going to be shipped across the country, then we've got to redo it. And then we've got to ship it back again, and uh, it's just all these different processes. And when we're so busy, it's the last thing that we need. It's just more dead work, you know. Like it's just, you know, everybody has a place, and if somebody hasn't pulled their weight, or if it's a silly problem, mm -hmm. uh, they come down on. We all come down on each other. I mean, it's a very constructive way of coming down. But, um, you know, they're all very respectful of each other and literally, you know, everyone's got each other's back. If there's a problem, you know, they'll get together and they'll solve the problem, um, you know, when the work comes back in or if there's a problem in-house, you know, they'll work as a team um, and, uh, you know, they all work very closely um, on that to make sure that we're not getting grief from the customers and the customers aren't getting grief from our... Work. And what I hear from that is like, I feel like your business is kind of like a conveyor belt. Something, you know how like you think of a conveyor belt like a, uh, like a manufacturing, like a auto, like a car manufacturer where the parts come in and they put the pieces together and on the other end is the car. I, I kind of get that sense like, you know, it's it like a conveyor belt kind of like. It is like that, yeah. It is. Um, and, and, you know, we've simplified as well, talking about processes. I mean, there's many different things that we could be doing in our business. Uh, and some of our competitors, they, they have 
you know, a lot of different options, and they, they do all different other types of media, audio and all this other stuff that we don't do. And we keep it very simple um, for a reason, you know, just just so we have a great, we're, we're great at, at this block of stuff, and it works well with the equipment we've got, and our, it simplifies our business greatly. So we can, uh, you know, work, you know, get a, a lot of work in and knock it out very quickly and efficiently with a very high quality. And we're not trying to be masters of everything. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that that's uh, that's not there. It's one thing to basically when you're doing the work yourself, right? It's one thing to document how the work is being done so that you can deliver it to the front end guys, the employees who are going to do the work. But then you mentioned how you have a manager. Now, how did you create a system so that the manager can take over you and manage over from you and and manage your employees on your behalf? Is there any things that you can share with us based on what you've learned on, on creating a system on which managers can use the manager on your behalf? Yeah. You know, I think with the manager, um, you know, for me, because it is a small business, um, you know, I had a, a created a person, you know, within work, but we also had a personal rapport as well and very similar personalities. So um, we really, there was a lot of unspoken stuff. We just knew what was going on just with eye contact and movement. So, um, but um, one of the biggest things um, that, that um, was taken over was sales um, and, and emails and responding to emails. So, um, you know, really that was her biggest Thing, and also having the respect of other employees as well. So I, I chose her out of, of everyone else because she had previous experience of managing people and she wasn't afraid to uh, speak up um, and also to speak up to me as well, as well. So that's a big thing as well. She's not afraid to speak her mind to me and that is exactly why I have her in charge. Um, but, um, you know, she very good grammar, <laughs> very good... Uh, rapport with customers um, doesn't flip out over you know things you know it's just if there's a problem you know she's as, as cool as can be um, and um, you know a, a really good maturity level but does have management experience in the past um, and um, you know that's uh, that's a big big uh, plus there so, so I was very from, lucky so from a manager's standpoint when what this kind is of my <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah. Oh, okay. We right there. That's my son, Sydney. <laughs> we almost done. We almost done. <laughs> yeah, he's all grown up now. So, uh, but this is my reason for for automating my business right here. Was this boy right here? So we can travel back to England and hang out for a couple months and get out of the Phoenix heat and and uh, hang out with the family and stuff. And uh, anyway, I'll be right. I'll be right back. Right, I'll be down in a minute. Okay. Really do. Oh, okay. Well, I can, I'll have it in a sec. All right. I like yeah. that. It's, it's very real. The listeners watching <laughs> this now is see real life. We're not even editing this stuff. And so, okay. No, that is as, as, as real as it gets. And <laughs> some, of my, some of my videos online, I've been doing, you know, I've got a million videos, and some of them I've come up with ideas, and I'm in the middle of recording them, and, you know, he's in my office, and he'll pop in and just do the same thing. And you're like, oh, well, hello. You know, there you are. Um, so. That's what it's all about right there. And, and um, one more thing on the, on the topic of tracking for results. I get how you track uh, the turnover, the profit, and customer service tickets based just to relate that to how the employees on the ground are actually doing their work. But how do you track on the manager's side? What metrics you use to gauge the, the, the manager to make sure that the manager is doing his work? 
You understand? Uh, well, sales. Uh, sales and profitability, uh, number one. I mean, they're in charge, you know, uh, she's in charge of, of, uh, of the numbers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that is pretty much uh, the bottom line right there. Um, and, uh, you know, if the numbers are down, there's, there's some accountability. And, and uh, but, you know, so far, I mean, so far, so good. So um, that is pretty much it. I mean, I, I check the numbers. Every day, I mean, on my iPhone, uh, there's an app, and, and I just quickly look it up, yeah. and I'll do a quick scan, you know, sometimes every day, sometimes every couple of days, depends on my mood uh, and where I'm at, but um, yeah, and, and we're comparing them to last year's numbers. We have goals and targets for the beginning of the month and, and, uh, and the history, you know, of, of last year, the same month last year, and so on and so forth, and during the month, we'll do checks over the past five years of where we are in relation to, you know, the the middle of the month of July, uh, 2011. Like analysis, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the money is what it comes down to and where we're at. So I love that because for what I get from that is not only are you now delegating the work to both on the employee side where they're doing you know, customer facing or on on, on uh, work or on the manager side where the manager is managing the employees, but on each level you're creating metrics to track the results for each level so that you can actually see that hey not only do they know how to do the work but I'm actually verifying and trusting that they're getting the work based on the results I'm getting back yeah yeah one thing you mentioned too was that how you have automated your marketing and uh, you know this is different now from systematizing and creating procedures for how work gets done but I wanted you to shed some light on what exactly you did to automate your marketing automation of the marketing uh, as I kind of talked about earlier um, was this was me every day. Every the phone would ring, or a customer would come in, mm -hmm. and they would be asking the same questions again and again. And I used to be running to that phone. If any other staff member again talking about letting go, I mean, it's certain letting go of the processes and, and and you know some of the manufacturing side of things. But letting go of sales, I mean, where you have to make that money, you've got payroll to meet, rent to pay, all you know, families to support, and they. An employee picks up the phone and someone's like, "Hi, I want to give you money and lots of it." And they go, nah, nah, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, "Oh!" And you know how to sell. I mean, you yeah. literally mastered the process. You own it, and you know, you know that that two thousand dollar job would have been done. Yeah. So I used to literally dive for the phone every time it <laughs> rang. Everyone in my the office, if the phone was ringing and it wasn't a telemarketer or a number that they recognized. They would literally. It was like the get out of the way. Yeah. Cause running, and <laughs> I grab that phone out of breath, and I'd just be, oh, you've got memories, and so on. And I would just, and I had to sell every single time, and I got so sick of repeating myself every single day. I can only talk to one person at a time. It's not like I'm having a conference call or I'm standing in front of a bunch of people. Every single person, I was putting in the same passion, the same energy. And the same words again. And I could literally just, I was on autopilot. And I was just so bored with it that I just sat there one day. And I'm like, there's two things here. I could make videos to uh, empower the customer in finding out the information themselves. And have the same level of energy and passion and everything. And they can see my face as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and they can tell from the video whether I'm full of crap or not. Yeah. Um, and, and have it on the website. And have it on YouTube have it on Daily Motion, have it on Vimeo, have it on all these different sites. 
And um, and that actually, that was a side bit. I didn't even know that was going to start happening. I just made it so I didn't have to repeat myself. Yeah. And um, and and my staff then had um, a little bit more confidence because they'd seen the videos and also knowing the customer, some of the customers had seen the videos. So they were like already pretty much sold because they'd seen Phil yeah. on the website and they go, wow, you know, okay, it's a good website, good information, the videos, and the competition don't have these videos. So... Um, Anyway, so I, I made those videos, and then very quickly, without me knowing, um, they started to go viral a little bit. In my industry, viral is, you know, your top videos, 100,000 hits, maybe yeah. over a year <laughs> or two, you know. Um, but it's steady, and if you type in certain keywords or, uh, you know, long tail, there was my, you know, freeze frame face of <laughs> And I started to, you know, just we're asking, where did you hear about us and so forth, or that he email and saying, I saw your video, mm-hmm. um, or I've seen your videos, and and, they, and the great thing was is they would a lot of them you didn't have to repeat yourself if if they were calling up, they already knew all the answers. Oh, I've, well, I've been there for it. It was stunning. Those people literally, I mean, still to this day, they go, I've spent an hour and a half on your website, I've watched all your videos. And I just had one extra question, and we're like, "What is that?" Because we don't obviously don't have a video on that one, or something, <laughs> or just to like touch, feel the business, and go, "Okay." But it, these videos just started to get crawled, and um, other people put, were um, embedding them on their site um, for blog content, um, and. Um, uh, Newspapers were, were, if they did an article on it, they were using our videos, you know, like, oh, you might want to go here and click here for an explanation on this. And it was just started to spiral, uh, you know, in a good way. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of by default. Um, but that came from just not wanting to repeat myself and getting sick. And, and I like that because one of the things I learned from that now is that, you know, one of the things too is that a lot of times the, 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 the founders are usually like the best salesman or saleswoman oh. of the company. And what you literally did there is you literally replaced your sales skills by answering questions with the, you know, the excitement and all that that you're showing here, answering questions that customers potentially have, turning that into educational-based marketing education based products that people can actually watch on their own for free and get all the questions in advance and remove all the resistance even before they come to the employer so the employee doesn't really have to be this kind of salesperson now it's just oh this person is ready yes they're just taking orders they're literally (laughs) they're there yeah yes we are open we're here we're alive and we haven't closed down in the past 20 minutes since you stopped watching the video that's pretty much it, um, and uh, you know it, it's amazing because if, if ever I'm in the office, um, you know I used to rush to the phones. Now I look at the phones and it's ringing and ringing. I'm like, is anyone? I'm out of the way. Like they're running. They're like, oh. I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, <laughs> and I listen in, and I'm like, oh, that my sales guy. I'm like, they're good, you know. Um, but if I answer the phone, um, there's. Usually about 20% of the time, people call me out by name. They go, oh, hi. And because of my accent, you know, the business is in America, you know, they're like, oh, this has got to be the same guy I've just been watching. But a lot of them are laughing or they call me by name. They're like, oh, Phil. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I've just been watching you for like an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, have you got anything better to do? <laughs> but it's fantastic. I mean, and they just compliment on the videos. and. And it isn't just sitting in front of a webcam. I mean, I've spent quite a lot of time with the videos. 
um, and you know, you know, production value. You know, you know, I try and keep it real, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, but I think you've just got to be passionate about you know what you do, um, and uh, you know that definitely I am, and know what I'm doing. So. I like that because you said that because of the way you've automated now, there's two things. You've systematized your business so that your team knows how to deliver the results based on you creating procedures. And on this other end, you actually automated your sales uh, based on education-based marketing, your videos and all that. And one of the things you mentioned during the pre-interview is that because of uh, uh, your automation now of your, of your sales, you literally have videos coming in from all over the world and you yeah. are able to take on new customers regardless from where all of, I mean, yeah. you, you say that, like, why am I repeating you, you say it. Yeah, Sydney, oh, so, okay, we've got an update here from Sydney, okay, okay, okay real quick, yeah. What? Oh, okay, can you, I'll be there, okay. We're almost all done, right. Sydney, we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you are, yeah, you are, you're on video right now. Wave, okay, all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy when I, you know, when uh, we get work in from, you know, Italy, we get a lot of work from Australia, um, yeah. and uh, it's crazy, I mean, I love to talk to those customers, if ever I get them on the phone, I'm like, what on earth possessed you to send your home movies 7,000 miles across yeah. the ocean? Because that's powerful, powerful right there, and, yeah. and I'm like, and they're like, I just... I've got a place up the road, and I could have taken my stuff 20 miles up the road, but I chose to uh, send it to you guys because of the videos and the information that you provided. And you didn't have to do that, but you did. And if you take that much care and attention to your marketing, on the back end, you've got, you know, it must be, it reflects everything about your business. Um, if you care enough to, to, you know, to educate me, then you're going to care, you care enough um, to take care of my precious home movies, um, and um, you know, and that's true. That's not just true in my business, but that's true in everyone's business. And we're almost done, so that I, I know see this is getting ready for you to come back. So we're almost done, and we have a couple more questions. I think he done. just likes the limelight. <laughs> and so, you know, we we love how you've been able to literally uh, remove yourself from your business. And, and one of the things that people might be listening is, what about, what has been the longest time that you've been away from the business? I'm just curious. The longest time um, I've been away from the business is eight weeks, so wow. two months. That is something. That is yeah. definitely something. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently, uh, right now, I'm on a six-week um, uh, vacation uh, in England, in my hometown in Cheltenham, uh, where all my family lives. So I've got a big family here, um, and I'm here with Sydney. And it's in Phoenix this time of year. It's just you know, 115 degrees, and there's nothing to do, really, other than go in the pool and sit in an air-conditioned house. So, you know, I, I literally, uh, you know, just say goodbye, and uh, and then I get, you know, on a plane with him and uh, fly over here and, you know, spend six weeks and, you know, travel all over. I mean, we've been literally on this trip over to Belgium and France. We're going up to Scotland in a couple of days, um, and he's having a, a real-world vacation. Uh, and a real-world experience, something the school can't give him. Uh, we were over in Australia about two months ago for three weeks. Um, I do pull him out of school a lot, um, so I'm kind of in trouble with the school sometimes because I do take him away on vacation um, quite a bit. And um, so, um, uh, yeah. But, hello. Uh, can we shut the door? One second. Um, Sydney, can you shut the door, please? Thank you. Can you shut the door, please? Thanks. 
Um, um, yeah, so... <laughs> and people <laughs> are getting the real deal you know, here. It's real. This is real stuff. <laughs> so, you know, most people, you know, they don't understand. They, this is it, you know. This is the end result, and this is the bit, the why, you know. It's because you can go away and do these things and, and, uh, and not have to worry about, you know, um, money and, you know, and all the, 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 the daily trappings that most people get into. So this is the, the, the goal, is to be able to do this kind of thing, so... And uh, one last question is, so now that you have all this time um, to do the stuff you want, I'm just curious, and you only work 15 minutes a, a, a week, uh, 15 yeah. hours, 15 hours, is it 15, 15 minutes in a week, where, what are you doing with that 15 minutes? Where are you spending that 15 minutes of your time I in mean, the business? I'm just curious. You know, I would say a minimum is 15 minutes on average mm -hmm. um, right now. Uh, to be perfectly honest, we're working on a couple of little things, so it's more like an hour to two mm -hmm. um, a week. But typically, what I'll do is I'll scan emails at the end of the day. Um, if there's anything that needs my urgent attention, I'll respond. I'll look at the numbers, uh, um, and I'll jot down some ideas that I've had, and then I'll forward those um, ideas or suggestions onto um, you know staff, uh, and then get it implemented. I mean, it's literally, I just leverage, you know, a couple of seconds of thought and a quick email, and something's created from that. So um, once you do let go, you know, you do get, as I said, you know, you start to do less and less and less, um, and realizing that there's, you know, people out there that know way more than you um, and are hungry uh, to, to do a great job and, um, and, and you know, you could sit there and teach yourself and learn and so forth um, in something you're not really passionate about when you can just hire someone and, and they're, they love it, they're educated and, uh, you know, they can get it done a million times quicker. So basically, and just you're not working well, in the business, now you literally have more time to work on the business. I mean, that, that's a cliche, but that's okay. really the, the reality behind it now. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And when you do that, when you remove yourself from it, you can see it so much more clearly. Um, you know, most people in their businesses, um, you know, I kind of feel like I've mastered it. I mean, it has taken a long time. I mean, most people think of the quick fix and so forth. But I would say, you know, it does take about 10 years to emotionally, you know, mechanically people can get lucky very quickly or they can build a business in a couple of years. But I think emotionally it, it's taken me about 10 years to get a handle on it because most people when they see a problem, you know, they just go, oh my God, that problem, you know, and they just go crazy and they, oh, and then they do all this crazy stuff and then they, they do push through eventually. Now I see a problem and I go, hmm, a problem. And I'm just much more cooler um, about it and I look at the, the resources and I know it's all happened before and, um, and I just step back and I just, you know, go, all right, well, there's three options here and this is the one we're going to go with. And if that doesn't work out, then we'll just do this one. So nothing flips me out these days like it used to. But that does take some time. So I get from that, like, every problem is an opportunity to go back and fix the system. It's like a system-building thing now. Yeah, and never stop trying to, you know, you can mess with things too much. But also, you know, I'll be away from the business for two months, and I'll walk in. And it's very important not to start changing things immediately because the staff don't like that. And but but you know constantly looking to improve. And with also with the the notion of let's improve this process because it's going to be less work for you. 
And, you know, and then you could do something, you know, this, that, and the other. And then when they understand that, um, you know, getting staff out of their habits is another whole other issue. But, but when I come from the opportunity, the, the, the part that it's going to be, it's going to benefit them, um, you know, they, they listen a lot more intensively um, and a bit more willing. So We're coming to the end of the interview, and one of the things I always like every guest to do is, uh, you know, what, what, what book, Right or what books or book have had the most influence on you and why? You can share the resources. Um, you know, Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week. Um, <laughs> I got that beat by three hours forty five minutes uh, a week. So um, that's uh, that's always good. Um, and uh, the constant updates on his blog that he has. Um, you know, I I've been to a lot of Tony Robbins seminars. Um, you know, for uh, you know, Awaken the Giant Within is a book uh, I've read. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that's very rarely talked about in business is uh, a healthy mind, meaning exercise, eating right, um, and, uh, you know, that's huge. Having a great relationship with your wife, uh, with your partner, because they are your business partner, yep. whether you admit it or not. Um, and uh, they're very much involved in it. So I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of different scopes to business than just you know, the, the shop and the door and opening it and figure out what's inside. It, it literally is 80% up here. Um, and um, so, yeah, uh, you know, Tony Robbins has is, is been, a, a, his information's been great. His seminar's been great. Uh, Tim Ferriss, um, also some of the other, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Break of the Habit of Being Yourself um, is another good book. Um, so those are some of the, the things that I read. Thank you very much. And I'm just curious, uh, how was the best way for listeners to reach out to you and thank you for doing this interview? Um, well, uh, obviously, gotmemories.com, uh, philipgotmemories.com uh, with one L. And, um, you know, if you've got any stuff you need transferring, uh, you know, get it on over to us and we'll do a great job. Also, I've uh, got another website called Let Go Video. And, uh, you know, Phil Let Go Video or Twitter, Let Go Video. And uh, just giving you tips and tricks and, uh, you know, information on how to... Uh, Basically, uh, automate your business with video, uh, getting you, the owner, in front of the camera and just letting go and uh, how to, you know, uh, free up your time and uh, live your life, you know, how it's intended, which would be family and, and uh, traveling the world. So. And so let me do a quick promo to the listeners. Uh, if, if, if you have been uh, enjoying this interview so far and you know any other entrepreneur out there that you feel might benefit from this interview, feel free to share this interview. And also, if you know a listener that has been able to systematize their entire business and will be a right fit for this interview, send them my way and I would love to interview them. And finally, if you are ready to get started with systematizing your business and creating procedures so that you can literally work out of your business and let your business be handled by your employee, just like how Phil has described, his business is basically hand and run by his employees, sign up for a free trial of Sweet Process. And Phil, thanks for doing the interview. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Owen. And we're done. <laughs>